and welcome to Facts Max. My name is Jim Atomic, and I've got a story to tell you. My name's Kev. I have a story to interrupt. <laughs> you know you screwed up the intro again, right? You left off the part where it's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Oh, And hell. then I say minus. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a grade on that one of a D minus. So we we started and then messed up and then... No, actually, I would like to point out we started and you messed up. You <laughs> forgot your goddamn name. I might have accidentally said a different name that I had in a different lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were me once? No. God, that's terrible. I almost said Kevin, and then I stumbled and said Matt, and then I was like, oh, shit, no, I'm Jim Atomic now. Yeah. Come on, man. You got a rocking nickname. You got to... You got to use that. I got to represent my nickname. I'm still upset that I don't have a nickname yet. Um, we'll get you like, one. Not one that anybody tells me about, which generally is a bad sign. Speaking of nicknames, I have to clear the air and say oh. that my college nickname was not Square Turd. <laughs> as Kevin told everybody on the podcast, Milk, uh, which Kevin appeared as a guest on. Did we pump this last week? We did, yeah. Never so you're, mind. You're completely fucking up our whole show. Yep, but... Uh, but carry on. Kevin was really good on it. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You should listen to those Milk Boys. They're a lot of fun. They're a good time. So, Kevin. Matthew. This week, mm-hmm. did you get a chance, by any chance? I sure did. I know what you're going to, for. Hang on. Okay. Maybe you don't. Did you get a chance to come up with any of those terrific factual schmactuals. So once again, that you do. Yes, I did. I knew exactly where you were going. Well, you didn't necessarily. I I had a bit of an issue today um, with some connectivity for my internet, thanks to a uh, mistake by people who were doing some line work in my neighborhood, which caused me to be very irate. So we're gonna have can can uh, confirm he is steaming man, oh, right I'm now. So mad. What are you doing, guys? I have I have a podcast. I told them, I said, listen, I have a podcast that seven people listen to, and they rely on me right. to be connected. Yes. So we're not doing this remotely. We're doing it in person, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, which you might have noticed, because we're a little snappier when we're in person. Yeah. Uh, so I got some fact schmacks for you, Matt. You oh, ready for this? I'm so ready. Last week, we talked about our lovely PM, Mr. Justin Trudeau. Okay. I got a couple of uh, facts south of the border for you about some presidents. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. Facts are schmacked, Matt. Although being born into a wealthy political family, American President John F. Kennedy did have a summer job as a kid. He was a lifeguard. I believe that because lifeguarding is sort of a rich kid thing. Okay. Yeah. Factor schmacks, Matt. Yes. Andrew Jackson once killed a man in a duel. Well, I and also then, believe that. And then he played Cypress Hills, How I Could Just Kill a Man. Okay, well, I don't believe that. Okay, well, I, that was part I added on. Okay, so that's As not part that, of the that fact. That was like schmack. a bonus schmacked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Sometimes we have Factor bonus- schmacked, Matt. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the S in Harry S. Truman means nothing. It's just an initial. It's just an S? It doesn't stand for any name. We just gave him the letter S? Sure did. Wow. Were they like, well, surely we'll fill in something later. 
<laughs> Maybe. Okay. I'd like to think it was Seymour. But, you know. What do you think? What do I think? What do I think? What do I think? Boy, these are all... Yeah, I think you've cracked my code because these are all pretty <laughs> mundane things other than uh, than the murder. But he's from an age where that really would have been kind of a mundane thing. Absolutely. You know, as we all know. It was a duel. I mean, it was a, two noble men who decided to settle their differences. Pistols at dawn, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, hey, listen, I've I've listened to Hamilton. I know how these things work. The S not standing for anything. I feel like I've heard that before, though. Tick tock, tick tock. You know the timer that we always that is always going that we never mention, yeah, or seldom mention. Uh, it's up there. The big board is click is time uh, seconds are ticking off there. I'm gonna go with my gut and say it's the one about JFK. Is the smacks? Yeah. God damn you! <laughs> I knew he was too rich to do that. Yeah. Well, you know he did serve on a PT boat in World War Two. He did. Right. Yep. I mean, that's generally a rich person avoids the war. That's true. Well, uh, not in that war, though. Yeah. Right. Like Elvis went and fought in that war. Bush. No, Elvis was in Vietnam. Elvis was in. Oh, that's right. He was in Vietnam. Goddamn fact. God damn it. I know JFK was all like crippled up from from his wartime. That's why yeah, his face and, was all puffy. And Bush was in the war. Bush actually did some pretty heroic shit. Bush senior. Some H. Dub. Sure. Yeah. H. Dub Burt. Oh, no. Wait, is Herbert Walker senior? Uh, junior, I think. Oh, I don't no, know. No, no, H Dub is senior. Just Dub is is G W. Uh, G Dub, yeah. Dub, the W. Dub Bush. Dub Bush. So. So, you know the funny thing is, after all this, I didn't even come up with an episode today. Get the, f- shut the front door. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but unlike normal. Usually, I like to kind of tell a story, and as we get into it, let you kind of figure out what we're even talking about. It's really fun for me. Sure. Today, I thought we'd do something a little different, and I'm going to tell you right up front what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Roswell. (gasps) Really? Yes. Oh, buddy, it's not even my birthday. (laughs) I told you you'd be excited about this. (laughs) So, and the reason I wanted to do that is because... This is something that's permeated. You pop- wanted to see me smile. That well, there's that. Yes. All right. Uh, and I got to do it in person, which is so nice. You it's know, much better, right? Much better. I'm much more radiant, not on a monitor. Absolutely. You're just from just all your beam. time in the plants, you might be radioactive. Actually. So maybe the reason I wanted to do that is because this is such a huge part of pop culture. Rather than me go through and tell the story, which is what I'm going to do anyways, I want to start with you kind of telling me what it means to you. Like, what you know about Roswell, what you think. If you were to try and sum up Roswell, well, what would it look like? What would it uh, sound like? Oh, hold up, hold up. Put your, put your mic down. <laughs> you just completely cut out. Oh. I can't even hear you anymore. Oh, really? Maybe it's these headphones. Uh, let me just get back to my recording. I'm still recording. Okay. Well, if anybody's listening, which, you know, we're, we're always uncertain of that. <laughs> it might be these headphones. Yeah. It just went away when you touched the jack. Oh, weird. Yeah, okay. Jack. So 
We'll just carry on. That's a me thing, not a you thing. Okay. That's an that's an issue me, not an issue. Why don't you uh, replace it with that other jack that's sitting there, just while I'm, while 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 I'm maybe explaining? Yeah, like I said, it is something that is so um, ingrained in the pop culture experience, especially for people who are our age, right? That's better. Yeah. Um, so I wanted you to go through what it means to you. You know what your experiences with Roswell are, and uh, you know kind of what what you know about it. Okay, so I know that it was post World War II. Yeah, they had a downed aircraft, which uh, initially the investigating officer, I think his name was Tippets or Tips or something like that. Uh, nope. No. Nope. Thinking something else, maybe. Maybe. Anyhow, he found this wreckage. Uh, allegedly, I. Th- feel like part of the story was that there was bodies recovered Mm -hmm. and he claimed that it was uh alien that there was like this unique kind of metals and stuff that he had never seen was unfamiliar with had strange markings on it that he'd never seen uh he was an air force officer and about a couple days later he had to recant his story and pose for a picture with a weather balloon and basically was made a fool of which, let me just tell you, 100% cover up. <laughs> Kevin, get ready because I'm going to make you happy again. Yes. There was a cover up. Okay. There That's ab- what I'm telling you. Absolutely. <clears throat> there was a cover up. Okay. I'm not going to dispute that even one bit. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're going to somehow shit on my parade, though. <laughs> Because you got that shit on a parade kind of look on your face. Now, if you remember when we did Betty and Barney Hill, we kind of went through the story twice, right? We told it once the way that it's kind of told in pop culture, and then we went through it with more of a fine-tooth comb. Okay. Really getting into the details that would maybe matter in terms of, like, yeah, credibility. (laughs) How much credibility you should give anything that happens. But you did a decent job, I suppose, um, That's what I do. Just decent, not great, not bad. Just somewhere decent. in the middle. So, on July fifth of nineteen forty-seven. Hey, that's coming up. Well, I mean July fifth. Yeah, not nineteen forty-seven. No, that's, no, no, that no. happened a long time no. ago. Yeah. Uh, rancher W W Mac, and I'm doing air quotes there because that's sort of a nickname for him. Uh, Brazil found some strange debris on his ranch. Not knowing what it is, he brings it to his local sheriff, who contacts local Air Force base, Roswell Army Air Force uh, base, to see if they can identify it. Intelligence officers uh, are sent out to the ranch, and in conversation with local media, one of the officers seems to confirm that what they found is a downed flying saucer. Dun, dun, dun. The Roswell Daily Record immediately runs the headline. R-A-A-F captures. It looks like that one behind you. Uh, the, the, the flying saucer, you mean? Yes. Oh, I thought you had like the, the article framed. No, no. Yeah. If I could find it, I would. Okay. Uh, R-A-A-F captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region uh, with an accompanying article detailing that some five pounds of debris, um, you know, kind of metallic looking stuff. That's it? Five pounds? Five pounds of debris. Nah, uh, there must have been a typo there, buddy. Five pounds of uh, aluminum foil and balsa wood uh, was recovered, and some rubber, and some rubber. Uh, I did leave something out. There was some rubber as well. 
uh, were found <clears throat> within, uh, and that had been recovered. Now, it is true that the intelligence officer, uh, a Major Marcel, did uh, state that it was a recovered flying saucer. He did say that. Okay, hold up. Within hours. Hold, no, 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 okay. no, no. Hold I'm, ho- I'm holding. That's the official original story of the UFO was that it was five pounds of material or that it was UFO and you're mixing in the five pounds of material. No, the original the story is five pounds of material they collected. All right. Yeah. I'm going to do some fact checking. Okay. Actually, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what this show's about. Anyways, within a few hours, the Air Force corrected the record and said, no, actually, it was not a uh, flying saucer. It was a high-altitude weather balloon. Mac Brazell was then interviewed again, and he you know, actually referred to the device as a weather balloon, saying that they were going around the property looking for more pieces of this weather device. Uh, the uh, Roswell Daily Record ran a new article saying, oh, turns out it was a weather balloon with those famous pictures that you were talking about, the man posing with the, the foil. <clears throat> And uh, people more or less forgot about the whole thing. That was what happened in 1947. In fact, to pick this story up again, we have to go to 1978. Nothing happened. Nothing happened for for 31 years. In 1978, the National Enquirer ran the original... Roswell Daily Record article about the flying saucer without any of the, you know, subsequent corrections or anything like that. This, was that in the Bat Boy article? Uh, it could have been beside a Bat Boy article. I don't know. Like maybe <laughs> <laughs> it was probably a slow news day for the for the Inquirer, but I have to imagine it's like slow news day. You're like, well, we've already ran a bunch of Bat Boy articles. We don't have any more heavy people. I don't know. What what do we got? And then some guy's like, I don't know, there was Remember this, this happened, let's run it. Or I tracked it down, who knows. This caught the attention of UFO writer Stanton Friedman, uh, who interviewed Jesse Marcel, the intelligence officer uh, that had originally covered the debris, and Friedman Marcel agreed that it was definitely possible that the government was hiding a crashed UFO based on their conversations with each other. That's what I'm saying, man. That's what you're saying. He knows. Um... <clears throat> At the same time, another group of researchers had released their own book, uh, The Roswell Incident, uh, which didn't really contain any new information, just a bunch of speculation and, you know, kind of the same story over again with just like, oh, but what if, but what if. Funny thing about speculation, the longer you do a game of speculation, the more separated you become from whatever the original truth of the matter was, right? In 1989, Unsolved Mysteries... Does with an epi- Robert Stack. With Robert Stack. Nice. Does an episode about Roswell, and that brought that fully into the mainstream consciousness. Consciousness, sorry. And this caught the attention of a certain Glenn Dennis, who had been uh, a contract mortician for RAAF slash Walker Air Force Base, because the name did change to Walker Air Force Base at a certain point. Skywalker, maybe. <laughs> And he started thinking back to when he was a young man and he's working on RAF slash Walker and it's got him thinking about some funny things, you know, that he had seen mm-hmm. while he was there. I'm sure he did see some funny things. Absolutely. In fact, let's go over a particular episode that he relayed. That is I'm March. Down. 
at his mortuary in Roswell because he wasn't an actual army person. He's con- he's just a mortician. He's contracted by the army to come in and deal with their sure. mortician-related stuff or other stuff. Apparently, he was doing other stuff because he gets a call asking him to give a ride to uh, an airman who was injured in a traffic accident to give him a ride onto base. At the base, Dennis noticed an ambulance filled with wreckage that looked like the bottom of a blue canoe, and it was being guarded by a bunch of, of military police. Ooh. Ooh. Mysterious. Very mysterious. Dennis was ejected by, uh, from the base by a big red-headed colonel who Girl? threatened him with death if he had revealed anything of what he had seen. What? Yes. Dennis tried to telephone a nurse that he knew, but he was rebuffed by the head nurse nicknamed Slats, and whose real name was Captain Wilson. The next day, Dennis successfully met with his, uh, his nurse friend, who was quite upset over an autopsy on three bodies which she described as black, mangled, and little. Uh, Dennis learned of the inability of the staff to perform an autopsy due to overpowering fumes from the bodies, which were hastily moved. The bodies, not the fumes. I, I, I mean, hard to move the... Yeah. Yeah, I realized there was a bit of a misplaced modifier there. Uh, Dangling principle? Uh, <laughs> what is that? Dangling predicate? Uh, Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> uh, all further efforts to reach the nurse were unsuccessful. Uh, and he was told she was deceased, and Dennis never saw her again. What the dun, after? Dun, 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 dun. Also, a creature with a large head was seen walking into the base medical center under its been own you. power. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, it was glowing white and had a large head. <laughs> now, some of this stuff, you're like, okay, well, I guess that seems like. You know, you put it all together and you're like, yeah, that, that, okay, if this all happened, like, all in one day, that's a pretty weird day. But then the last thing, the creature with a huge head, you'd think that would stick out in your mind, you know. Sure. You wouldn't just be like, <laughs> 41 years later, be like, oh, oh yeah, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? Well, maybe if it was, if that's when somebody finally asked you about it. But you don't, what do you, what do you like? You need to be asked the right question to Listen. tell <laughs> If, if I had a weird experience and I told you about it and I told all my friends about it, which is basically you, <laughs> and then, you know, I was like, man, I saw this thing. It was so weird and blah, blah, blah. And you'd be like, oh, that's, that's so strange. And then, uh, you know, life goes on and, and whatever. You're not going to go publish it, especially back then. Like you might, you might tweet it and be like, fucking Kev. Saying that he tweeted told something me, in nineteen. Told me this. No, that's what I'm saying. Like now you could do that, but back then you couldn't. So he probably told all his friends. Nobody published anything about it until somebody asked him who made it public knowledge. I actually had a much more reasonable thought about that. What's that? Which is he probably thought it was a helmet from far enough away. You're a fucking helmet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that That's means. the only thing that makes sense to me is he's looking at it like, oh, that's a weird flesh colored helmet or something. I don't know. Some creature with a giant head. Oh, there's some jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, after this, this is when, you know, that's 1991 where he does this interview, which, you know, again, he's remembering things that are like 44 years old at this point. But um, in 1991, this interview comes out after that. 
alien autopsy, you know, video, you got the X-Files. This kind of precipitated a, a culture of, you know, government involvement in some UFO cover-up. It is kind of funny to think about how young that idea is, right? Nobody said a goddamn thing about it after 1947. It wasn't until 78 when that article comes out, but really until like 91, 89 to 90. 91 where people start really getting on the conspiracy bandwagon that's like the bob lazar era yeah bob lazar is area 51 sure yeah but it's the era yeah in which he came out and said that they had crafts Mm -hmm. i wouldn't call it the bob lazar era era i would probably call it the um who is the the guy who did coast to coast no idea uh uh, shit i wish i could remember his name he but he he hosted for a better episode (laughs) <laughs> he hosted a call-in show uh, where you could uh, you could call oh, in. Oh, where they called in with the the deepest pit. We talked about that. Mouth hole. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shit. Why can't I remember his name? He's he was such a like he is a great uh, radio personality, and it is a great idea for a show where people call in and and tell their weird stories. But it is such a shame that there's so much bullshit that we have to spend our real time unraveling. Sure. Because people decided to call in and prank Art Bell is the name. Art of the Bell. Guy. There you go. Art Bell. Just had to say it in a sentence. But that's the kind of central nucleus of a story that everything germinated from. Does that, you know, I, I, I only really had one snarky moment in there. Does that ring true for you in terms of like how you remember things going at least as far back as you can remember? Uh, I mean, I feel like because... Say 91, I was only like nine years old. Right. So, And it's been a game of telephone since 91, right? Sure. I thought it was kind of always <clears throat> in the uh, lexicon, the public uh, culture or pop culture lexicon of everything where you were kind of like, yeah, Roswell, it's aliens. It was always synonymous. With al- I thought it was synonymous with aliens since yeah. that event. No. It's way after. I am going to do some fact check. <laughs> you betcha. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't until the National Enquirer re-ran that article that anybody even thought about it again. You've not dashed my beliefs. <laughs> All right. So we're going to try it again. The, this the whole, time, the true story, Matt. This time we're going to... but the truth. We're going to put some of the events into more context because there's nothing really in that story that's not... True. Okay. Um, It's just that there's a lot of context that's kind of missing. Okay. In June of 1947, an aviator named Kenneth Arnold saw something. Now, do you know who Kenneth Arnold is? No. You should. Not. Nope. I don't, I'm not saying you should in 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 terms of like it's a, it's a household name that you should know. I'm just saying for a UFO junkie like yourself, you should know who. Who Kenneth Arnold is. Yeah, I mean I I take I take a lot of my UFO love just solely on the want to believe. <laughs> Not so much on on you know impeccable research that I've done. I just want it to be real. Kenneth Arnold claims to have seen nine unidentified objects flying in tight formation. This is the genesis of the term flying saucer. It is kind of controversial whether he was the first person to say that these things were flying saucers 
or whether it was the press that was reporting on his claims with the first people to say flying saucers. But either way, TikTok. it's because TikTok wasn't invented. <laughs> either way, uh, in June of 1947, he saw these things. The term flying saucer was coined and flying saucer reports went viral in 1947. Whatever the whatever the version of viral means. After the Arnold sighting was was again widely reported, which had happened in uh, Washington State, I believe, uh, there were hundreds of supposed sightings. People calling in, you know, when whenever they see anything. It is a really weird world in 1947. You have to kind of bear in mind. Right. These people have been focused on the Great Depression and then the world falling apart in WW2. In dub dub two. Dub dub deuce. You know, we kind of think of this like, you know, co- spending two or three years doing COVID as this like kind of, oh my God, you know, waking uh, up to the world again moment. Pussies. Like they they'd been doing this for like fifteen years at this point, yeah. and all of a sudden, like, all right, back to normal. So 1947 is a weird time. There's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of pessimism about like the Soviet Union, but there's like this technological kind of sense of we can accomplish anything. And people are more aware. They unleashed the power of the sun on Japan. Absolutely. It was horrible. Which was a horrible thing to have done. But I mean, that's pretty wild, especially back in the day. Mm -hmm. So this... It's like an it was like a, a an early meme or like going viral. I mean, it went from newspaper to newspaper, just spread like wildfire, and all of a sudden everybody is seeing these flying saucers. Well, I'm gonna leave it right there. You know why? Oh come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. My beer's empty. All right. So we have a new bit on the show here, and it's called Fact Schmacks. Matt, fact schmacks. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a little thing about Matt. You can reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter and tell us whether it's a fact or schmacked. Fact or schmacked, our good friend Matt was almost a black belt in karate, despite the fact that he was never able to break a board or win a match with an opponent. Well, he's taking a long time. I only had one of these ready. Um, so, you know, hopefully he edits this out, which he won't. So here we are. Oh, welcome back. Said hi to your fiance. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what, what did you say? I guess I'm going to have to listen. To You're going to have to listen. Yeah. It, you know what? I need to actually maybe have a small list of these going forward because once I put it out there, I was like, well, that's actually all I have. So I... uh. I hate that uh, I'm giving you this idea, but it would be kind of funny if, you know, coming back, I just had to blindly confirm whether that was oh, a fact or hey, let's do, Yeah, that's great. <laughs> All right. What was it? Fact or schmack? Oh, I'm going to go with that one being a, sh- well, the safest thing would be always be schmacked, right? <laughs> <laughs> would it though? It would. I, I know a s- lot of embarrassing things I could say about you that are facts. Right. But I could just say they're schmacked and you're not going to correct me on it. What do you so you think it's a schmack? I don't know. What are the odds that you said something nice about me? Pretty low. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is a pretty safe bet. 
<laughs> I'm saying schmacked. Okay, fair enough. I'm going schmacked all the way. All right, we've left our poor listener dangling for too long here. Hang let's, and let's hang. Let's get back to so, this. Flying saucer uh, craze is sweeping the nation. As that's going on in Roswell, New Mexico, a rancher named W.W. Mac Brazel is reading a newspaper and happens across some articles about this, these flying saucer sightings that are being seen everywhere. Now, this got him thinking. Got him thinking about some, some weird debris that he'd actually found on his property in like mid-June. And just kind of left it there because it didn't really seem that remarkable to him. But he started thinking, oh, well, maybe, maybe this is a flying saucer. I don't know. So what he did is he, the next time he was going into town anyways, he brought these parts with him. And he goes up to the sheriff and he goes to the sheriff. He says, very quietly whispers into his ear. I think I might have found some flying saucer parts. I don't know, man. See these, these articles. Not sure. Sheriff calls a military base. And uh, the military base comes back out and says, oh boy, this might be pieces of a UFO. I don't know. And they send it back, and the next day they have to come up with a press release saying, no, 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 this was pieces of a weather balloon. Here's where the cover-up comes in. This is, I told you, there's a real cover-up. Okay, I don't like this story, (laughs) but let's hear it. I want to tell you about Project Mogul. Okay. Project Mogul was um, a project that was that was geared towards trying to figure out if the Soviets had a nuclear bomb, right? Soviet Union's huge. They don't mm-hmm. have satellites. You know, aerial photography isn't even really a thing or aerial reconnaissance. Right. How do you figure out if your enemy is developing this bomb? Sniffer radionucleides. Pardon me? Go up there and sniff for radionucleotides, nucleides. That wasn't really an option in 1947. They didn't have the technology to do that. Okay. That's the sort of thing we would do now, right? So what they came up with was what's called a balloon train. Have you ever heard about a balloon train? God, Uh, No. No, I haven't. Balloon train is basically just a big dangling wire with a bunch of balloons (laughs) attached to it. (laughs) That's it. Okay. So what they came up with was a balloon train with a bunch of microphones on them, essentially, to try and detect high atmospheric loud noises. They're trying to, to listen for nuclear bombs. So the plan was they had these big balloon trains that were these long strings with a bunch of balloons on them because they weren't couldn't really build a big enough balloon. And I think they wanted to kind of camouflage them a little bit anyways. And they'd release these things that fly. Did you say camouflage? Camouflage. Camel? I might have said camouflage. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you did. (laughs) Um, So they would release these things about 660 feet into the air. And uh, they would be monitoring for these kind of atmospheric sound waves. This was a classified project in 1947. Now, the Soviets wound up getting the bomb in 1949, so Project Mogul quickly became kind of a moot point. But that's what this stuff was. It was a piece of a a balloon that was designed to detect Soviet uh, nuclear detonations. (laughs) You're looking at your watch. (laughs) 
Oh, I just I got a notification. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the intelligence officer gets there, and there's these pieces of a balloon that's supposed to be a secret, which he might not have even known about because the balloon in question was not launched from RAAF. It was launched from a different airbase that was further away, right? Right. Took a few weeks for it to get to this guy's, uh, to drift over this guy's property and then, you know, lose a piece of it there. Uh, then he finds it. He doesn't think it's anything remarkable. He waits a few weeks to bring that into town and visit the sheriff. So they have, they have balloons listening for Soviet detonations flying around over New Mexico. They did. Why New Mexico? Why wouldn't you put it up in Alaska or in Berlin mm-hmm. or England? That is such a great question, Kevin. Isn't it? That is. That is because when you develop things and you uh, design them, you do a lot of testing. Oh, yeah. okay. That's funny. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because so, when I talked about the Tic Tac and the gimbal and everything, pretty sure you shot me down and were like, well, they wouldn't test it out on their own people. Right. No, my... <laughs> My point was they wouldn't put them in like a combat situation with their own people. They never fired anything. <laughs> or try. No, they would test these things like to make sure they float and stuff. You just keep moving the goalpost. This, this is not moving the goalposts. At you all. just move the goalpost, Tommy. You're uh, <laughs> to suit your narrative. God damn it. <laughs> I, you're you're comparing uh, like engaging in a dog fight with your own troops. Versus- they didn't engage a dog fight. And if it got shot down, they'd be like, well, I guess, uh, you know, Mark 1 didn't pan out. Yeah, that's that's not how military aircraft testing works. Oh, tell me more about how military aircraft testing works. Well, they would do like simulated dogfights with other pilots who know what this plane is and know what it does. No, no. They wouldn't just surprise randos. Absolutely they would. No, that's not how things work. I digress. (laughs) (laughs) All right, carry on. But this this whole alien story, I, or the UFO story, I don't know from the, um, you know, from from Major Marcel's perspective, the guy who originally kind of says like, oh, I don't know if this is maybe it's a UFO. I don't know if this is because he legitimately didn't know what this thing was because it wasn't launched from his base, right? They were uh, actually f- funny enough. RAF, that's the base that the um, uh, the uh, that delivered the bombs to Japan. RAF. Is Royal Air Force. R-A-A-F, Roswell Air, Army Air... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Air Base. Uh, has had something to do with, or maybe they were the... I don't know. They had something to do with the nuclear bomb. They're very close to Los Alamos, like right. close-ish anyways. Well, the bomb was delivered by the... Indianapolis. Indianapolis to the... Uh, oh, God, what is the airfield? Yeah, that's right. They wouldn't launch it from New Mexico. So I don't know. It has something to do with the the bombs, though. And this is why I insist that there is still room for (laughs) error in your theory. (laughs) Anyways, I don't know if this guy just didn't know what it was and he thought this UFO story was convenient. Either way, like the weather balloon story is convenient, too, because they really didn't want the Russians to know that they could detect... Right? They're in the the very early phase of the Cold War. Sure. Uh, This is still the phase where, like, you know, uh, Truman's allegedly threatening to to drop bombs on the, the Russian army if they don't move it. Yeah. Well, Tensions are running high. I mean, yeah. That was a very tense time. There was a lot of people who thought that they should just bomb them before they got the thing. Yep. And, like, that's, that's a horrible thing to think of being a good idea, in a way. Yep. Like, but then, what would America have become? If they were the sole nuclear power, you know, I, I, 
Checks and balances, my friend. Checks and balances. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Those checks are bouncing. <laughs> They're <laughs> bouncing right now. They are and we're certainly, out of balance. Certainly bouncing right now. <laughs> now, the rest of the story from there, because nothing happens for 31 years, uh, kind of continues the same, right? Um, the uh, The... National Enquirer runs their article. Major Marcel and this Glenn Dennis guy, they kind of come forward as these major witnesses making new allegations that nobody had ever heard before of a, of a cover-up. Major Marcel in particular is sort of problematic if you're trying to take his word for it because he has kind of an uncomfortable relationship with the truth, let's say. Um, Much like we have an uncomfortable relationship with the facts. Kind of. Well, no. No, because he's he's a stolen valor asshole. Do you, do you know what I mean by stolen valor? Yeah, he's not even actually a military guy. Well, no, he is, but he claims to have medals that he doesn't have. He claims to have been in battles that he wasn't in. Uh, he has a very strenuous relationship with the truth and tends to kind of exaggerate his role in things. It's been kind of a pattern for this guy, apparently. He claims to have shot down, a, been a pilot and shot down, won a bunch of medals for shooting down enemy planes that, you know, has been confirmed never happened. Or, like Bob Lazar, they said he never worked at Area 51 to discredit him. Mm-hmm. Maybe the valor was stolen from him. I seriously doubt that. Probably not. I just want to believe, man. Just let me believe. <laughs> he was a military intelligence officer for sure. Like he did, he did have that job. He was the guy who, who uh, you know, brought that stuff to the back to the base. Like that absolutely was him. So in our last episode, we talked about the spy from World War Two. Uh, yeah, um, Garbo. Garbo the spy. Garbo the spy, who single handedly, uh, you know, this guy's the like the anti Garbo. Yeah. <laughs> But like, you kind of wonder, like, if he was like, uh, how many of these people with questionable relationships to the truth sparked a lot of problems that could have otherwise been avoided? Like in the military, you know? I don't know specifically what you're getting at. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Glenn Dennis, though, like people think he's probably telling the truth about the things that he's seen. He's the mortician. He's the mortician. I actually think he's telling the truth about the things that he's seen. The problem is that he's trying to remember things that happened 40 years ago. It's easy to mess up chronology or just not remember or remember things happening in bunches that really happened kind of far apart, right? Sure. Think about the time that we spent working together at the place that we worked together. Think about anything that happened. Can you conclusively say that that was in like the first year that we worked together, the second year that we worked together? Did that all happen close together? Did it, are these events far apart? Other than the weather at the time, what do you? We worked well, together. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but that's about where my memory is. Right. I'm like, I don't. Yeah, we had fun, and that was what, friends. 50, that was 15 years ago. God, more than that. It was a little more than that. Like six, six, so, this guy's Dude, that was close to 20 years ago. Yeah, this guy's remembering things that happened like 44 years ago, right? Yeah. Just to put it in context, like this is sure. 1991 when he's coming out and doing these interviews. He's he's going back 44 years. Sure. The Air Force did do a rigorous investigation into the things that he specifically had said. Uh, they didn't do much into Major Marcel because I think he was maybe kind of a known quantity to them at this point. Right. Um, but uh, 
Um, particularly, they did a, uh, an investigation because a New Mexico center, senator, who I believe was Harry Reid, uh, was hoping for proof of aliens, was a strong believer. So he, or, he managed to get the Air Force to do like a big investigation. And instead of really confirming area, uh, aliens, what we get is sort of a revised um, contextual version of the uh, of, of of this guy's Glenn Dennis's account because he is remembering things that really happened again for sure. It's just that all these things happened in like a fifteen year period, not all in the same day. That's a pretty reasonable mistake to make when you think about remembering things that happened. 40 to 50 or you know 30 to 40 years ago right so we're going to go through the same list of allegations but we're going to go through like the actual explanation okay why it doesn't make sense that any of this could have happened at the you know at the all same right. time hit me with it all right dennis's trip to the uh to the base to deliver the injured airman is not likely to have happened uh in july of 1947 uh, as the rank of airman did not exist in the United States Army Air Force, uh, or sorry, until the uh, United States Army Air Force became the United States Air Force in September of 1947. So he's at least off by a few months there if he picked up an airman. Or like, he's just or using he, it right. colloquially, like, that's, oh, an airman, you know? Right. So that's a pretty small one, right? I shit on that reason. Right? That yeah. doesn't really matter. Uh, Dennis semantics. Is, semantics, right? Sure. Dennis's description of the contents of an Air Force ambulance, uh, that's consistent actually with the its normal appearance, uh, which includes two steel panels shaped like the bottom of a canoe, painted Air Force blue. Why were they guarding it? Were they, or did he just see two MPs standing near an ambulance and assume that they were guarding it? We'll never know. We'll never know, right? Sure. Uh, but that doesn't really stand out, right? That's just a regular ambulance with some MPs standing around it. Allegedly. On an Air Force base, right? Allegedly. Uh, only one tall captain or colonel with red hair was ever assigned to the base, and that was Colonel Lee Farrell, who began his service at the base in 1956. This is the tall, red-headed colonel who, you know, supposedly yelled at him to don't tell what he's seen here or that, you know... Uh, Dennis also remembers that the threatening colonel was accompanied by a black sergeant, which is also virtually impossible for 1947. The Air Force did not begin racial integration until 1949. Uh, Dennis was probably recalling some episode that happened in or after 1956. Also involving aliens, possibly. Uh, Keep in mind, even if he's remembering something that happened in 1956, he's remembering things that happened over 30 years ago, right? That's a long time. Okay. The head nurse, Captain Wilson... This is Slats, right? Slats, who who uh, who confronted him as well. The head nurse, Captain Wilson, has been identified as Ida Bell Miller, uh, who later married and became Major Wilson. She did not begin her service until 1956. Slats uh, was well known to be Lieutenant Colonel Lucille Slattery, a different person, uh, who also did not arrive at Roswell until after the Roswell incident. Although, like her, she's much closer. She was only like two months after, but you know that's still after. So, so far, swinging a miss on any of this stuff happening in 1947. All right. Let us continue. Oh, God. Dennis's nurse friend has become positively, positively identified as Lieutenant Eileen May Fanton, uh, who was in service there during the Roswell incident. We're going to get back to her. In 1956, a KC-97G aircraft crashed, killing all 11 crewmen in an intense cabin fire. Most were missing limbs and were largely burned away, resulting in small, black, mangled corpses. Uh, 
due to the intense fumes from being soaked in fuel, uh, there w- it was hard to get near the bodies. Uh, they had to do the autopsy very quick and then move them off-site uh, to a refrigeration unit. This is a small army base, and 11 people just died. Can you imagine how high emotions would be running in that situation? Sure. So someone yelling at him to get out of here, and if you tell fucking anybody what you've seen here, I'm going to fucking kill you. In that context, does that make sense? (sighs) I will concede, yes. Uh, The reason that Dennis ceased being able to reach uh, Lieutenant Fanton, who was his friend, is that she'd been taken to Brook General Hospital in Texas for emergency treatment for a pre-diagnosed medical condition, which ultimately led to her medical retirement in 1955. Uh, This information was withheld from from him just because of privacy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's none of his business. None of his business. You can't be telling people. And maybe somebody did hear that she died and passed that along, right? Right. Okay. That makes sense. And the sighting of the creature. I bet you're thinking about this creature. Yeah. Oh, buddy, this is my favorite part. <laughs> with a huge head walking uh, walking into the hospital is consistent with the injury of Captain Dan Fugelham, who in 1959 was struck in the head by a balloon gondola. His forehead and face developed an extensive hematoma, uh, which swelled to quite a magnificent size, apparently. He said he didn't feel that bad. He hung around, smoked cigarettes, and walked around in his own power, which is probably what this guy saw. That's terrible. Yeah. First of all, and what a generation. This <laughs> dude just gets smoked in that. He's like, yeah, I'll just have a couple darts. Right? His head off. is apparently the size of a fucking beach ball. <laughs> oh, shit, eh? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So really at the end of the day here, when we look back at the Roswell incident, we have a nothing incident piece of classified technology that wasn't all that exciting uh, fell on someone's ranch. They didn't think it was all that exciting because it took them a few weeks to even tell anybody about it. Nobody at the time thought it was all that exciting because nobody mentioned it again for 31 years and everything that's been said about it subsequently has been an extended game of telephone and wanting to believe. That's just my personal opinion. Your mileage may vary. Well, But that is... A with, more accurate history. With the evidence you've produced. Allegedly. Allegedly. Now again, that's that's all coming from the Air Force, right? That comes from the Air Force yeah, uh, Roswell likely, report. Likely source. Uh, you know. Who's to say these facts are not just fabrications? Who's to say? What I do want to point out, though, is that if an alien craft did crash... I would expect it to be built out of something more robust than, like, my child's crafting equipment. Okay, well, just because they said that's what was... uh, Wow. Just because they said that was what was recovered doesn't necessarily mean that's what was recovered. That's true, but the original reports were five pounds of foil and plywood. The original reports that they released. <laughs> uh, it, again, it was a cover-up. Absolutely. No no doubt about it. It was a cover-up. It Listen, was a cover-up for Project Mogul. I, you know what? You can do all you want with the aliens. <laughs> I always have Bigfoot. 
That's true. Bigfoot's the one that's probably most likely to be true. So nobody can see, but I just cocked my head at Matt. Yeah. Because I feel like that is quite the uh, admittance by you. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's way more likely that there's an undiscovered animal on Earth than aliens are visiting us or crashed a tinfoil so, spaceship. So by that, by that right, then Nessie could be legit. Uh, no. Oh, God. What's your logic here, spaceman? Oh, because Nessie... Come on, Jim Atomic. Because it was an admitted hoax. No. Actually, my favorite theory about Nessie... Or we need about, to do like, a Nessie episode. My favorite uh, theory about those types of sightings uh, is that they're whale penises. <laughs> Which... Our huge is called a dork. What? Yeah. A, a dork is a whale penis. What? Yes. This whole time people have been calling you a whale penis. <laughs> Fuck. You beat me to it. I was literally just going to say this whole time I've been a whale penis. <laughs> yeah, you got to be pretty quick around here, especially when it comes to ripping on you. <laughs> but yeah, that's. You'd be the great white whale penis. <laughs> <laughs> real moby dick eh oh yeah <laughs> so that's my stupid story about roswell that's uh well it's kind of a running theme oh i i, I sorry I, I have two more things to add one thing it's kind of a running theme that when you look at these stories and you look at what people said originally it doesn't look a whole lot like what people are saying 30 or 40 years later right sure stories grow over time like we might be popular in 30 years. Who knows? People certainly aren't saying that now. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that uh, Obama. Now, I think we want to think about Obama. But, okay. But he was asked directly. I just had a little burp there, which is why there was a pregnant that. pause. Uh, he was asked directly, what's the deal with Roswell? And his answer was, I've read the files and it's really boring. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's supposed to it is sure. I mean, <laughs> I love that tr Trump was asked the same thing and goes, mm, "Read the files. I know some interesting things, but I'm not gonna say." So you know, there's fucking nothing there. Or maybe there is, dude. The guy couldn't keep national secrets from <laughs> from know, our enemies. Like, dude. if there was anything there, he would be screaming it. I don't know, man. I still, like I said, I think there's something out there. I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna continue to believe, no matter what. And I'm going to beat that out of you. No, I'm going. My, I told you in their last episode or at some point that was that my goal was to make you a believer. I think I'm probably doing a better job at my. Well, <laughs> you're the one who does the research and steers the show. So I, it, I'm hey. going to be. Uh, oh, I just hit my mic there. I'm going to be doing an episode in the near future. Yes. And I'm going to swing your opinion. All right. Here's here's your chance. That is, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Kev's closing fact for today. Can't wait. Uh, is that, uh, you know, um, <laughs> when when people do line work and you spend an hour and a half before your show talking to the customer support and getting really angry, the uh, fact is that you don't get a lot done. So Okay, I, I have, have a closing one. fact then. All right, let's do it. Lucky for you, I've got a head full of useless knowledge. Absolutely, you do. Uh, we don't know. As, as a species, as scientists, or whatever, we do not know why we have butt hair. <laughs> what? 
We don't know why we have butt hair. Well, why do we have any body hair? We have body hair because we used to be covered in hair. So that's probably why we have butt hair. Well, I mean, we have like, you know, eyebrow hair, eyelashes to keep stuff out of our eyes. Yeah. You know, What's the hair that for? most of the hair that we still have serves some purpose. Keep your ass warm. So there's theories. There are a few theories. Oh. One. All right. One. Just no significant evolution, evolutionary pressure against. So basically, sure. no, no reason, reason to not, not have, it. have it. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the default assumption. Uh, guess number two, scent. Hair traps onto kind of oily stuff that comes out of your butt and hangs on to scent. Yeah, that's awesome. Breeds bacteria, which which also kind of breeds their own scent. And hey, when we were... So we used to sniff each other's asses. We could have. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, the third, friction. <laughs> because we're runners... Like that's, you know, that was our evolutionary skill as early humans. We chased down our prey. It might have been that if there was no hair there in that kind of crevice. Chafed your ass. You get too much chafage. And like that could lead to like serious infections, which then, you know, you poop out of there, which could also like make worse infections. Um, so it could it could be that, you know, that the friction right, provides. I'm going to do you all a favor here. <laughs> a useful. Thank you and good night. No, I want to keep going. <laughs> Damn it. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter.com at Fact Schmacked Pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. <laughs>